It's Kitchen Table Spirituality, and evening devotional. I'm Jonathan Malone. I'm here with Charlie Eastman. He's a pastor of the Southboro Pilgrim Congregational Church. Wow, I'm Charlie Eastman, and like Jonathan, I'm tilting into the wind, taking it step by step towards glory. Here we are. Here and we... Jonathan, of course, is the pastor of the First Baptist Church in East Greenwich, Rhode Island. I want people to know that I don't plan out those intros. Oh, I'll bet they never would. They never would have thought. They are completely spirit-filled. That's Indeed. the Holy Spirit. I, you know, right beforehand, I just take a breath, and it's jumping off the cliff every time. Sometimes it's important to put yourself in that space. That, that could be where creativity happens. It could be. It's also, that's how I describe my relationship with you, Charlie. I say every time mm-hmm. I'm with Charlie, it's like just jumping off the cliff. I have no idea well, what's going to happen. Someday we will jump off a cliff together. Like Thelma and Louise. Oh, I was thinking more in the safety of a diving area and a swimming hole or something. But you, you go with your vision. I'll stick with mine. Um, yeah, Thelma and Louise. I'm not saying who's who. No, thank you for that. I think I think they know. Okay. I think they know. Yeah. Charlie, so how are you today? I'm doing. I'm doing all right. I'm doing well. I'm doing well. How about Excellent. yourself? Uh, not not too bad. I'm I'm looking forward to another busy week at Pilgrim Congregational Church. What's, so what's making it busy? What's going on? What's making it busy right now? Well, right now we're, we're just, um, you know, we're getting, still getting into the flow of outdoor worship mm. and what that means. And we are also diligently planning for returning to the sanctuary. Um, and uh, in addition right. to that, I'm working with my vision team and we are working on crafting our vision for the next several years uh, around a core concept. It's been very fulfilling work and I'm grateful for the Excellent. For the hearts in the circle on that one. So that kind of stuff. Planning, preparing, a little different. Usually Pilgrim is used to a a very, um, what's the word somebody used? Uh, dead summer. That's mm. it. So yeah. Summer will be dead at Pilgrim Church. You'll get used to it. And uh, I didn't get used to it this year, but maybe next year when maybe. we don't have the, the gift of a new pandemic. I, well... Let's, you know, let's hold out hope for that. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and how's Little Roadie? Little Roadie, well, we're not doing as, I think, statewide, we're not doing as well as we'd like. We are the hotspot of New England with the coronavirus. Uh, darn it. Um, well, but, everybody passes through Rhode Island, right? I know. On their way to everywhere <clears throat> else. And, and, they, and they, they come to our beaches and they cough on our sand. And everyone knows that sand is a major form of contagion. Oh. Um, because it just goes wafting in the air and carries the virus all throughout the state. This is science. actual science. This is science, Charlie. This is science. I'd, I'd just like to add the disclaimer right now that if you're coming to Kitchen Table Spirituality for science, <laughs> you are in the wrong place. Floating sand is not, in fact, an established vector of coronavirus. <laughs> they get, they get, just walk that back. They right get now. stuck on the dust and <laughs> floats throughout. Oh. Boy. That's how the virus transmits. <laughs> Jonathan, have you ever noticed that most things in life don't work the way you think they do? I have a degree in theology, Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're qualified for this podcast, but little else. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, little else indeed. Um, so hopefully, I mean... I'm sorry about the flare-up, though. I know Massachusetts, somebody told me yesterday, is the, uh, has the worst unemployment rate in the country Oh, jeez. Yeah, oh, fun so. things. I know these numbers shift like yeah like you're the hot spot today and then somewhere else is tomorrow but yeah hopefully in a week hurts. we'll be okay yeah. but as far as our church goes we uh mm. we had a um 
Uh, we are continuing to go through August. Like you, we are moving into the planning stages for September. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, our Board of Christian Ed is working hard to figure out what are we going to do for Christian education in September? Mm. Uh, because we're not going to be having kids in Sunday school in September in right. person. But So we need to right. be doing something. And even the way we're doing worship is going to continue in September. And But we have some meetings we've got to do. So we're planning that. I want to remind our First Baptist listeners that not this next Sunday, the 16th, but the following one, the 23rd, we're going to have our second outdoor service at, yeah, at, uh, at Camp Canonicus. Oh, fun. Yeah. Good old Canonicus. It's a great, it's a, it's a really great place to have an outdoor service. And I've done a number of baptisms in that, well, they call mm-hmm. it a lake. I call it a, a collection of water. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it, well, but it, it's a nice place for an outdoor baptism as well. Wonderful. But, that's coming up on the 23rd, so keep, keep that on, on your calendar. That'll be fun. Yeah. I appreciate these destination outdoor worships. Our, our outdoor worship is next to the church, which feels appropriate because people get to see the church, too. Right. There's, oh, yeah. There's things to recommend each, but there's something fun about saying we're going to wherever. Right. And from all those people who usually travel from southern Rhode Island, this is a lot easier of a day for them. That's right. You know, it's going to be 10 minutes instead of 15. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so we're well moving placed. along here. You know, we're, we're doing our thing. Charlie, I want to I list some things for you, and, and, and if you could tell me um, what they have in common, okay? Right, I'm on it. Okay. Um, the, the gospel... Blue. No, oh, no, sorry, let me, you I'm didn't gonna, list right. anything. Yeah. <laughs> Boy, you are, you are a Freudian's dream. <laughs> See? Um, the life of Brian. The life of The Brian. gospel according to Bart. Jesus Christ Superstar. What do these things have in common? And there's others that... My own personal Jesus. Uh, they're, they're all... Come oh, on. wait, they're not... You they're can not do this. church things. Yeah, you can they're do it. They're not religious things. It's like they're in media or cu- they're part of culture? Yes, you did but it! They, but they all have this faith piece to them, don't they? Mm-hmm. Could it be Jesus... Oh, I like that callback. That was good. Okay. Dana Jesus. Carvey just uh, woke up and... Yeah, and although I think he says, could it be Satan? I know, That's but still, that any, anytime someone references the church lady, he gets some royalty. Okay, thank so. you. Well, well, well put. Yeah. So, well, so I think we're going to talk about Jesus in popular culture. Yeah. Right yeah. on. I think it's, I think it's time. You, I think you've already <laughs> cited more references than I had ready for the whole episode, but... <laughs> <laughs> Clearly better versed than this. The last temptation of Christ. The passion of mm. Christ. I mean, these oh, are, yeah. It, so, um, I grew up in a more, uh, um, let's say, uh, liberal household when okay. it comes to popular culture. And um, Were you aware that there was a person named Jesus and that he was considered by some to be the Son of God and the Savior of humanity? I don't know if I was aware of that now. Wow, okay. Yeah. No, I was. I was. I grew up going to church. But I also grew up with friends, who, you know, church friends who, you know, we watched Monty Python together. We absolutely adored mm-hmm. the life of Brian together mm-hmm. um, and, and other moments in, in popular culture. You know, and I remember, you know, things happening here and there like when The Last Temptation of Christ came out, how mm-hmm. some people protested that. And I could talk That's about That's right. Boycotted, protested. Right. Caused a bit of a firestorm, actually. Right, yeah, but I never really, it, the, the friction or the tension with Jesus portrayed mm. in popular culture never really hit home for me until one day 
Um, at another church I was serving, I preached, and I referenced the life of Brian mm-hmm. um, as an illustration. And after the sermon, a, a member of the church, a you know, wonderful man, came up and in the best way said, could you not use reference the life of Brian in the future? I find that movie blasphemous. Oh. Yeah. And wow. I want to give him credit, like, because usually when, you, you know, Charlie, when people want to criticize our messages, it's it's... It's usually like you, and there's finger wagging and such. This person did it, and really, the, he did it the best way. It was respectful. Nice. It was it was really nice. But it made me really stop and think, like, huh, what's going on? Yeah, it's hard in it's hard in our culture to to receive the kind of feedback like, could you not talk about X or Y? Because we're so into our we, we apply our free speech doctrine from the Constitution as if it were some sort of perfect privilege crafted in the mm. ether that, that everyone deserves at all times. Right. And so when anyone tries to restrict your speech, many of us, our hackles get up instantly and we're ready to fight. But, um, but couching it in blasphemy is that's a, the word is a he very, used. that's a, that's a trigger word for me. I don't know about <laughs> if it is for you, but. <laughs> well, I ha- yeah, that's a, it's a powerful word. And I didn't, I respected you know, hmm. him being a part of the congregation. I'm, I'm not just. And so you did me. not use I'd, life of Brian after that. No, I did not. Interesting. Um, and I think that was the right call. I feel yeah. I feel okay about that. But it, it's always made me wonder, you know, how do we approach these different portrayals of Jesus mm-hmm. in popular culture? You know, and, you know, we are we both kind of lean towards the progressive side, especially with our engagement with culture. Speak for yourself. Okay, no, you're right. That's you're right. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Yeah, and um, I think it. I think it's worthwhile just to take a little bit to muse on, you know, how, what are different ways that we can um, ingest popular right. culture's portrayals of Jesus. I'd also like to identify, if we can, hmm. a portrayal of Jesus that went too far for us. Hmm. Is there such a thing? Is there a portrayal of Jesus in popular culture? That went too far for us, mm. but let's circle back to that. Yeah, that's a great question. Let's not make that the the front, the front, the frontispiece. Nicely said. All right. So, what's your favorite? Do you have a favorite portrayal of Jesus in pop culture? Oh, um, oh shoot! Saramaggio wrote a great "The Gospel of Jesus Christ." Mm-hmm. Um, that is just beautiful. That I have is, not read it. Yeah, I mean, he, yeah, he's a one-trick pony. He only wrote one good book. Oh, okay. No, I'm kidding. He's he's written a lot of really, really brilliant stuff. But his his book, The Gospel of Jesus Christ, was really just gorgeous. Yeah, I completely missed it. Was that a recent one or? No, I read that um, decades ago. Oh, okay. Um, recommended by a spiritual director of mine, actually. Oh, they're good um, for things like that. Yeah, they are. They are good for things like that. So that one's really good. Um, you know, the life of Brian, I, I think is actually I I appreciate their depiction of Jesus. Some of the cultural resources we're going to offer you are not going to be family-friendly necessarily, depending on what environment you choose to raise your family in. Mm -hmm. Life of Brian does depict the human body in all its glory and and implies uh, that some people have um, uh, transacted currency uh, in order to enjoy the fruits of that splendorous creation um, and other themes. We don't, we don't have to do a disclaimer for every single one, but right. we've already mentioned Life of Brian a few times. Yeah. And it is a, it's a bitingly funny portrayal because what it does is it rides the line of 
I'm going back to that blasphemous word. Mm-hmm. It kind of it kind of rides the line and explores the full humanity yep. of this character Brian, in contrast to the full humanity of Jesus. And right. we keep seeing figures that look like Jesus in the background mm-hmm. in the life of Brian, in in a couple different shots. I think it's a different person each time. But there's this kind of sense that there's this Jesus character that Brian is parallel to, yeah, um, but doesn't quite live up to. I want to put also, it mildly. Yeah, I want to get back. To, I think you're making a brilliant point. I just want to mention um, Jesus Christ Superstar was really seminal mm-hmm. in my formative years. Mm-hmm. And partially, first of all, let me just say, I'm not a fan of Andrew Lloyd Webber. Don't okay. really like his stuff. Somehow uh-huh. he managed to write a good musical. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to all the Andrew Lloyd Webber fans. Email at... Pass, uh. <laughs> <laughs> We don't have a. It's email at twelve enough at gmail dot com. You can oh, okay, just how that. Then twelve is written out. Um, but that one and and there was just ways that Tim Rice wrote the lyrics for that that captured part of that idea of who Jesus was, um, and, mm-hmm. and especially um, the song of the Garden of Gethsemane. Um, oh yeah, yeah, it just captures that pathos of saying, I don't know if I want to go through Boy, this, but I'm gonna go through this. I'm gonna do it anyways. Yeah. What well, about that's you? A good, that that's a good thing to to lift up because we're kind of, um, culture gives us a lens to understand a topic. Um, mm-hmm. and generally culture plays its hand pretty boldly. It's, you, you can usually understand the affection for the subject in culture, mm. uh, clearly. And, and for my money, the depiction of Jesus in Jesus Christ Superstar is for, for Rice and Weber, uh, I don't know their theology, but it's, yeah. it's a very loving, portrayal right it's a portrayal of of a kind of it they try to follow the biblical narrative Mm -hmm. of how jesus did what he did and yes they show the very human moments of jesus but they manage to um they manage to let the world have a say in the jesus story without it being the final word like the final word is kind of the the triumph of jesus victory so i think for christians there, there was certainly pushback against Jesus Christ Superstar when it came out. Yeah. But on the other hand, the music was so good at the time. It yeah. was so, of its moment, steeped in that 60s, 70s funk yep. world. Um, it was also a cross-cultural experience in that regard. I know it was written by two white men. But when the movie did come out, it was a, it was a multiracial cast. Mm-hmm multi-ethnic cast, which was wonderful. Uh, it put black voices front and center without regard... Um, what do we... There's a phrase, colorblind casting, which yeah. I don't think is a... It's kind of a misnomer, but yeah, they tried. But, yeah. Um, it was... It, although, well, well, now Judas was black, wasn't he? And he was the most reviled figure in the story. Although, no, I don't know if I would... I mean, yes, it, there's a problematic aspect that Judas was black, Peter was white. I don't know if I would say Judas was the most reviled figure in the story. I see him as um, a hero side-by-side side with Jesus hmm. in the way that... that so before he we does get, to, get some of the best musical numbers. He really does. What are some of your favorite um, pop culture depictions of Jesus? Well, some, some that I've appreciated might not be... Um, uh, honestly, I, I've I as someone who studied acting, I I appreciate good acting. Mm. So I think about the the people that brought the most to the role in the moments that they played it, and and for me that means Willem Dafoe's oh, Last yeah. Temptation of Christ. Mm. It's not a biblical story; it's an extra biblical story, right, right? Focusing on that 
the, the human experience of what would it be like for an actual man to go through what Jesus went through? And, and what would it be like if, and it, it brings these, this other material in. Mm-hmm. And for me, Defoe's haunted face, you know, D- Willem Defoe doesn't look like anybody else. Yeah. He, he pretty much just looks like Willem Defoe. You know, yeah. Maybe you could say, are Willem Defoe and Steve Buscemi possibly cousins or something like that? But other than those two, nobody really looks like them. Yeah. So it, it kind of, it plays exceptionally well for me. Mm. And so that's, that's probably the pinnacle for me is, is that portrayal of Jesus. But it doesn't inform my faith, really. And I guess we can talk about these cultural offerings as, are they, are they enhancing our faith? Are they detracting from our faith or whatever? The Last Temptation doesn't really do either for me. Have you read the book? I have not read the book. It's been on my list for ages. Oh, keep it on the list. It's good. Okay. It's it's really I, I I think the movie did the book as much justice as a movie can. Yep. Um, but the, the book portrayal is... I can also tell you the one I like the least. Oh, go ahead. And that is the the Buddy Christ figure um, oh. from the who I I appreciate Kevin Smith. Yeah, I like a yeah. lot of what he does. Was it the movie Dogma? Yeah, where the, the movie Buddy Dogma. Christ is featured. Uh, although I like the portrayal of God, I highly dislike the idea of the Buddy Christ. The the friend Jesus that's sanitized to be your pal, right. who basically just just tells you how right all your personal decisions are because you made them. And well, this is and, a great this is a great point. I think mm-hmm. this is a great spot to really dig in a little bit more. That was satire. That's how I saw it. Yeah, that's I, true. And and I think your reaction um, was the reaction that Kevin Smith was trying to go for, or you know, and for those who who was like, well, we would never do that. You know, don't we try to offer a buddy Christ in our churches so often? I mean, isn't that kind of what we say? Like, look at Jesus is just here to tell you everything's okay, that yeah. you're good, that you're going to be fine. Just keep doing your, what your you're doing. Your path is the right one because you chose it. Yeah. Right. So I think that, so I agree. I don't like that image of Christ. Mm-hmm. I think that placement in a movie where it, things are falling apart, especially with the church, the church is losing its way as well, yeah. made a lot of sense to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that, you know, and it's, you know, when I, I think of with, with Jesus in popular culture, the things that I really appreciate are taking in a perspective, not of who is Jesus, but who are we um, as people who try to understand faith, who try to understand who Jesus is, who try to react to this understanding of revelation or in our own history um, sure. or here and now. Uh, yeah. And that, that I think is, is when it's done well. I don't appreciate... Uh, moments when Jesus is lampooned. Ah, okay. You know, that... Um, where, where have you seen that? You know, I, I, it's probably just like short little jokes oh, that, okay. that you may see here and there, and I'm like, ah, come on. Um, you know, that that not so much. Or, um, you know, probably, I, it was hard for me to think of a, a, a popular culture reference that I really did not like. I'm not a fan of Mel Gibson's The Passion of Christ, but it's not his okay. depiction of Jesus. It's his depiction of the, the story of the Passion. So that I'm putting aside. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I think, you know, for me, the one time when I felt like people were going too far, it's not quite popular culture, but it's a college experience. Do you mm. mind if I share that? Please. Okay. Go right ahead. So I, I went to Oberlin for a couple of years, which um, was it's a very anti-establishment kind of place. And I lived in a house, a yeah, co-op. kind of. Yeah, kind of, just a little bit. Um, <laughs> lived in a co-op with a whole bunch of other students. There were about 80 or 100 of us, you know, eating and maybe 60 of us living there. And um, they wanted to throw a house party. 
which is totally fine. And they wanted to throw it on Good Friday, which okay. I was like, that's fine. You want to do it then, that's fine. I, I'm not, I'm not going to go. Um, and mm-hmm. they said, but let's make it a Good Friday party where we'll make crosses, cookies out of cross, you know, cross cookies and crucifix cookies and stuff like that. And that's where I, I rose my hand. And because they, wrote, they work by consensus, you can do a moral objection and mm. that stops everything. It, yeah, and I take that very seriously, and, and it was the one time I did it. I said, I can't abide by that. Wow. That's too far. Okay. And, and, and it was observed? Oh, they, oh they, they totally got it. Because, okay. yeah, and that's part of just because who I was there, I wasn't a preachy kind of righteous, you know, you guys are all going right. to hell kind of person. I'm like, hey, I'm, right. this is my faith. This is where I am. You do your thing, and I'll do my right. thing, and that's fine. But let's not make fun of Jesus on Good Friday. Let, let's mm-hmm. not do that. That's too far. Yeah. Well, and, and others might not have, and there are people in our churches who might not have even noted that, who might have said, oh, it's uh, Easter in a couple of days. I'll be eating a lot then. I hope I don't eat much at the party, you know? Yeah, right, right. And, and, and I think different... Yeah, and those students, they're like, I, I think they just weren't thinking. Like, as soon yeah. as I said it, they're like, oh, you're right. Geez, sorry. And Well, you talk about your relatively secular upbringing or, mm-hmm. or whatever you said. Sorry, I'm Yeah, I'm yeah let's go with secular upbringing. That secular makes me sound upbringing. cool and hip. There you go. Um, I would venture to guess that some of the people at Oberlin possibly also shared a secular upbringing. <laughs> yeah. Not a criticism. No. Not a judgment. Just it's possible. Yeah, probably. Knowing where the world has been going. Yeah. On the other hand, that's the thing that I like about Jesus in pop culture. I like that Jesus... That you know, we're of the world, we're in the world, but not of the world. Christians mm. like to say, I don't know who coined that, but this Paul. idea that that we are in there, and and it's nice when we're in there. It's great when people have an experience of Jesus that is not, you know, you make Jesus sad every time you do that. You right. Know? It's it's nice to have a sense of Jesus that's that's affirming and and life giving and and just in the mix. Right. Yeah. Here, um, that, yeah. Go ahead. I, here's the thing. I think God can speak to us through mediums outside of the church. Amen to that. And can speak through people who may not be, you know, um, quote unquote believers. Oh yeah. And 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 I think anytime something occurs through popular culture or depiction of Jesus, we need to look with, you know, a, a, a view of skepticism to be careful, but mm-hmm. also to say what is a truth that we can find in this. Yeah. Yep. Oh, I, that's right on. I, I had a friend, I did my, um, <laughs> I did my introduction to the New Testament course at, at Harvard because we're part of the Boston Theological Institute going mm-hmm. to Andover Newton. So I was allowed to take some courses at Harvard and I, I wanted to go take a class at Harvard just because I wanted to. Yeah. It's a beautiful campus. There are a lot of interesting people that weren't a part of my peer group at Andover Newton. I just thought it'd be fun. Yeah. And so I took this intro to New Testament with Francois Bovan, who was a consummate Luke scholar and, and a very a great teacher. Um, but it was, it was so fascinating to be surrounded by a class of 150 other students mm. uh, who were interested in the Bible as a cultural artifact. Yeah. And the, the quip about Harvard is, um, believers go to Yale... <laughs> Atheists go to Harvard to study <laughs> theology, and this idea that that the study of theology could be this this thing that you hold up to the light to try and right. understand people from a sociological anthropological uh, framework, and 
It was just such wow. a different experience, but it didn't detract from my faith. I mean, there were moments when, when Bovan would be talking, and I would just think of, like, wow, I never, ever saw that in the Gospel of Luke, that, that stream of, of preference for the, for the poor and what that means right. for the wider narrative. I hadn't seen it quite in that way. Yeah. And the questions that the kids, and I mean kids, they were all mostly younger than I, the questions that the kids were asking around me were so out of my, my regular arena. It was just, it was a great faith experience for me. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, I, I, I think there's something really valuable about going into, uh, you know, new waters, you know, trying, yeah. you know, trying to get different perspectives. And that's... You know, Especially for Christians. Yeah, yeah. Especially for Christians. If all your Bible, if all your understanding of your faith happens from what you hear from a preacher on Sunday morning and what you read in the Bible, right? I, I believe God has gifted you a wider banquet than that. Yeah. And, and you know, the, the flip side of what Christians tend to do is we take what's going really well in popular culture and try to make a Christian version of it. Mm. Uh, I find that usually is, is weak or lacking. Um, yeah, you know, only, only really works in VeggieTales. VeggieTales just nailed it. <laughs> they really did. I don't know how they managed, but they hit it out of the park. Talk about Jesus in popular culture. It's certainly a thing that's directed at kids sometimes. Mm-hmm. And uh, in terms of messaging and making kids feel affirmed in faith, it's hard to beat VeggieTales up to a certain age. Yeah. Although even past that certain age, if kids were exposed to them, to veggie tales when they were younger, they might appreciate them more later on. Oh yeah, definitely. So you know, to tell our listeners, you know, you know, to I think it's important for you to know where your boundaries are. Mm-hmm. To say like, well, that's going too far, and to have boundaries. It's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah not, to definitely to be able to. say You're not no. a jerk if something bothers you. Sometimes things just bother us. Right. Yeah, I think that's that's so good to say that. You know, mm-hmm. that's so important to say. I don't appreciate, or I just. You know, I can't get behind this. This isn't something I can really do. That's okay. Yeah. Uh, but otherwise, take a chance. Uh, That's a try- good point, yeah. Yeah, at least try. I'd love to... I'm still... The, I'm haunted by the, the blasphemy accusation of your parishioner, and I would love to go back and have a conversation with him about what moment it was in life of Brian that tipped him over the edge and made it hard for him to watch it. I don't, yeah. Well, that one, I'm going gi- to, I give him a lot of credit because he's a really, a good, mature, wise Christian. So there might have yeah. been a moment, but I imagine, I wonder for, for many who react, have a, that visceral, I can't watch it reaction, it's often um, just from hearsay. Yeah. So, so when the last temptation of Christ went out, I was friends, you know, good friends in, in college, it was while I was in college, uh, with this woman who was very devout in her faith. Mm-hmm. And she said, well, we should boycott that. And I said, why? She said, well, because it's blasphemous. And I said, why? I said, well, it just is. I said, did you see it? No. Well, then how do you know Right. that we need to... What I heard at the time, and it's a vague memory because I, mm. I wasn't super mature at the moment that movie came out, I do remember people saying, uh, people who for whom the Bible is a literal document... Mm-hmm. Um, I heard the criticism that this is trying to add something to the Jesus story that's not in the Bible. Mm. And so under the rubric of the revelations, do not add one jot or tittle to this account, people apply that backwards to the entire Bible right. and act like if you've tried to amplify the story and suggest something that wasn't there, which I don't believe that was the intention of the original book at all. Right. I think the book was a what if. What if Jesus it, yeah. had an, an experience of temptation after... 
everything was said and done? Yeah. What if there was one, what if the devil got one last shot? What could right. that look like? Yeah, hypothetical. Um, it's a hypothetical counterfactual. Exactly. And... But but for some people, once something is depicted in film, mm-hmm. it becomes a kind of reality. And that was the challenge we had when the when the uh, Passion of the Christ came out, the Mel Gibson movie. Mm-hmm. I actually encouraged people to see that movie. Yeah. Because in New England congregations, we are not steeped in the tradition of the suffering of Christ. Right. What what a what a human body goes through in the process of crucifixion. Right. And and Gibson apparently wanted to look unflinchingly at that. And I mean, he there has not been a more gory depiction of the death of Jesus on the right. cross oh, yeah. that I that I'm aware of. No. It was gross. Yeah. And and so for that reason, I, I encouraged those people that I thought might be a little insulated from that to maybe give it a shot. Mm-hmm. To to have that experience, and for some of them, it was the pits did not inform their faith at all. Right. So I guess I have some regret in that regard. But on the other hand, it it opens us to the possibility of understanding human suffering. Well, even if they didn't, if it didn't do anything, say why not? Why didn't mm-hmm. it speak to me? What was going right. on? I think to go into anything new with those kind of questions is always valuable. Yeah. And and to ask God what what's going on here? Are you you know how does this speak to me? How doesn't it speak to me? Where are you in this experience I'm having? Mm-hmm. I'll say that I I think every brilliant portrayal of Jesus in popular culture is one that still has a deep respect for who he is, even if it's not a belief in the mm-hmm. in in you know I saw this it's very similar to um, portrayals of Fred Rogers, you know mm-hmm. Mr. Rogers. Okay. I, I watched the documentary about him, and, and he loved some of the stuff that they did of him. He especially loved Eddie Murphy's portrayal of Mr. Oh, yeah. Rogers. Mr. Robinson's neighborhood, yeah, was it? Yeah, and he thought it was brilliant. But every, like, every good satire, every good depiction has a deep love and appreciation for the one that they're portraying. That's a good point. Yeah. You know, and, and the ones that don't, that just that don't care, that um, those... Those are the ones that will probably turn me off. Hmm. Um, those are the ones that probably don't have as much to offer. Yeah. Um, but that's, that's yeah, one when of it's the rubrics flipping. I bring. I don't, yeah. I don't dig it when it's flipping. Yeah. So that's, that's true. But sometimes you can get tremendous weight out of a reference to Jesus. Um, ju- just It doesn't have to be belabored, but just in passing. One of my favorite uh, songs is a very sad song by John Prime called Sam Stone. And Sam Stone uh, recalls the the drug addiction of a Vietnam veteran who comes back from the war. Yeah. And his life is just shattered. And and John Prime wanted to talk about how sometimes the the consequences of war are farther reaching than just the battles and the injuries sustained on the battlefield. The chorus of the song says, "There's a hole in Daddy's arm where all the money goes. Jesus Christ died for nothing, I suppose." Hmm. Little pitchers have big ears, don't stop to count the years. Sweet songs never last too long on broken radios. It's, it's just a, a moment yeah. of addressing atonement, the, what, what Jesus died for, but it's, it's around such, such depressing Im- imagery, yeah. and it, it reminds us that, that Christ's death was an, a distillation of hope for so many people, and yet for Sam Stone, because he's cocooned in this drugged-out haze, 
he can't he can't receive that grace. Mm. It's it's that's good. One little line. Yeah, but it, it's so resonant. Well, Charlie, I want to say it's really nice to talk about something that's a more of a distraction, like popular culture. <laughs> yeah, you can be surprised by it sometimes. Yeah, I'd I'd say that the important thing is, like you said before, in in different words, but but try it. Yeah, you you, you may you may enjoy it. And, it's and, possible. And talk to your pastors, or at least talk mm-hmm. to Charlie and me. I don't know about your other pastors. If you are listening, if you're from another church, welcome. We're thrilled that you're a part of listening to this and mm-hmm. enjoying. Um, please consider leaving your church and joining either Southboro <laughs> Carrie. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. If you, he didn't mean that. No, don't leave your church. Um, you know that's your church the, needs you now. Yeah, it does. Uh, but you can always talk to your pastors or talk to us and say, "Hey, I'm thinking about watching," or "I was listening to this. I wasn't sure about what I heard." Mm-hmm. And we we love those conversations. Yeah, it's great. Even even if we don't encourage that particular resource, if we don't particularly like it, it doesn't mean yeah. we're going to tell you you shouldn't try and find something in it. And I have enjoyed a lot of those conversations, especially with the the materials I haven't enjoyed as much, but folks have given given me a lot to think about. Yeah. My my particular peeve is people are constantly coming to me with, oh, I saw the best movie, or the most amazing movie on the Hallmark Channel about Jesus. You would love it. Uh-huh. And nine times out of ten, it's a gauzy uh, kind of, not my kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> That's I, not my kind of entertainment generally. Made for TV movies about Jesus that are basically trying to pat Christians on the head and tell them how right they are. Um, not my bag. I feel the same way about Thomas Kincaid paintings. Ah, there you go. See, gauzy. That does yeah. it every time. Gauzy However, is a great word. I'm, I'm always willing to talk about what you saw in those things sure. and about what resonated for you, what helped your faith, what challenged it, all that kind of stuff. I've even watched some of them with that, with that goal in mind. So, Great. Well, I have, in, 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 uh, as we move towards prayer, um, Let's I, I, I have something a little different. Charlie said it was okay. So. <laughs> yes, I'm, I, it, this receives the... Eastman stamp of approval. Yeah, well, the the vetting process, <laughs> standards and practices. That's Charlie's other job for this oh, podcast. He, yeah, I do the editing. Charlie does the standards and practices. Um, and half the time, after I send him the final, he says, "We've got to get rid of this word. We've got to change this saying." And it's tough. It's Pilgrim Congregational Church, <laughs> South <laughs> Southboro Church and Pilgrim Congregational in Massachusetts, Church, full of pilgrims in Massachusetts. <laughs> We, we won't be na- called on to name anything. Yeah. Now. Lots of knickers they wear. Lots That's, of knickers. Uh, so does. I have song lyrics from Leonard Cohen. Oh, how about that? Yeah, Leonard Cohen. An ardent Christian. And no, not even close. No, not an right? ardent Christian. Who are, the two, who are the two musicians who invoke Jesus the most in, in pop culture? I don't know. Do you have I'm thinking answer? it might be Leonard Cohen and Bob Dylan. Yeah. I was thinking Johnny Cash as well, but well, yeah, Johnny Cash. But he sang gospel we, we songs, and so he he did. He sang actual hymns on albums. Sometimes. Yeah, that's a great album. Yeah, I think you might. Well, Bob Dylan had his Jesus phase. He did, but which, he he references Jesus a lot in song, and yeah, and so does Leonard Cohen. That's a great question, hmm. folks. Check, look it up, and uh, let us know. Yeah, no, but we're not talking about specifically Christian artists who write right. Christian music for Christian context. We're talking about pop culture musicians who reference Jesus. Yeah. 
So Leonard Cohen lived from... He was Canadian. Did you know that? He was. Yeah. He was. I, he was I from Canada. He was from Canada. Westmount, Canada. Uh, oh, yeah. He was born What's in... What's that ni- boot? <laughs> born... <laughs> sorry. In 1934 um, and died in 2016. Fine. Yeah. So not that long ago. No. I'm uh, surprised that it's four years ago, though. Yeah. It, when it this feel, was recorded. It feels, but, I, yeah, and this is probably the most recent person that I've used for a prayer. That's right. Yeah, you don't, you don't tend to go recent. No, because they're the usually one. pretty bad. Oh, see. <laughs> You're not that way with music, though. You love pop music. You, you got the new T-Swift album, right? I, um, <laughs> I, right, I we'll got the early, early release. Is I'll that sing Taylor's praises later. Yeah, no, I don't have that. Uh, so I'm going I'm going to just read the lyrics from his song Anthem. Okay. As the closing prayer. And it's Sounds not great. quite a prayer, but I think there's a deep spirituality in it. I hope listeners that haven't heard this this used in worship like this might consider it. Uh, there are mm. great secular resources for us to draw on where we see the light of God and and I I love bringing those things into worship. Yeah. So, I'm glad I you're com- using it. Completely agree. All right, let's pray. God, we're so thankful that you speak to us through so many different mediums. Help us to keep our eyes open to the ways that you're pushing and prodding us or encouraging us or comforting us or challenging us. Help us to take chances, but also convict us to be strong and courageous to say no when we feel it's gone too far, to hold firm to our faith and our sense of who we are as we walk with you. May we be a light and a witness to others as they search for who you are and how it is you love them. The birds they sang at the break of day Lord, help us to be open to anything that makes it easier to reflect on Jesus in our lives. Any source, anywhere, um, but but Lord, as Jonathan said, we, we each have our internal boundaries of the, the spot that just doesn't do it or is a country too far, and it's important for us to recognize that too. Uh, Lord, I, I guess I would ask that you would open doors in the hearts of folks that aren't a part of our faith experience, that perhaps a passing interaction with Jesus in popular culture might, might lead to questions, and, and who knows, Lord, someday they might actually walk in to a service and and have a fuller experience of you. Bought and sold, bought again. Dove is never free. Ring the bell. And from Leonard Cohen's song, song Anthem. Ring the bells that still can ring. Forget your perfect offering. There's a crack, a crack in everything. That's how the light gets in. Ring the bells that still can ring. Forget your perfect offering. There's a crack, a crack in everything. That's how the light gets in. Amen. Amen. There is so much more to that song, um, and I encourage people to go and to to look it up. Yeah, check it out. Yeah, Leonard Cohen. He was all Leonard right. Cohen. He was he all was right. A, well, yeah. His music was very inspiring at moments. Yes. Yeah. His, his life was kind of a different story. 
And I, having read his biography, I'm, uh, uh, he's, for me, he's a great example of how a very flawed human being mm. can produce really transcendently beautiful art. Yeah. Though that could be a whole other conversation. Yeah. May I be so lucky mm. in my own life. Yeah. As my own flawed self. <laughs> <laughs> well, folks, I hope you go ingest some popular culture. Um, I know you will. Yeah. You're going to somehow or another. I mean, you're right. doing it right now with a podcast. Uh, but, you know, continue to be well, to take care of each other. You know, do, do good things. Amen, brother. Bye. Well, they've summoned, they've summoned up a thundercloud. They're gonna hear from me.